All right. Welcome back to the Crave Show with Jay Russ and Chris. Here we are again. Episode yep. 11, I think it is. Wow, we're getting up there. Yeah. Can you believe it? Oh, double digits. Um, <laughs> I'll have to update what I keep telling people about how many episodes we have. Yeah. And, and actually, man, like on Spotify, well, YouTube as well. Man, I, I'm really encouraged by all of the the views and the audience and uh, the number of the number of l listens that each episode has. It's really cool, man. It's really cool. Yeah, I, I have to admit that, like, people randomly, I got a message yesterday, I think, from a military guy that I've worked with in the past. Like, hey, man, I want to listen to that episode where you talked about working with the astronauts. Which one was that? I was like, I, I don't know, but here's how <laughs> you log so in. Cool. Um, oh, that's yeah, so cool. Just uh, takes me by surprise a little bit. Yeah. Were, were you able to figure it out and give it to him? Well, I just, I tell people, Hey, here's the, I give them the, the Spotify or whatever. The, no, I, I just give them the address for the crave, cravefly.com and then click on the show. And then you could look at the episodes and what's yeah. what, what we talked about. Yeah. Cool. Well, man, tonight, uh, or this evening, we're, we're just going to talk about whatever we want to talk about. Whatever yeah. is on your mind, Jay Russ, we can talk about anything you want. Well, let's see. Um, we, we were in Norway, uh, last week. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. The competition, so, the, so that's the war. What, what's the name of that? The world. That's the world cup and the European championship. So. Okay. Every year there's a world level competition, which is a category one event. And, um, the world cup is a little bit different format, uh, than the world meet and the world cup allows up to four teams per country per discipline. Uh, so, uh, there were three U S eight way teams. There were two U S women's teams. There were I think three U S four way men's teams, two VFS teams, two artistic teams. And we didn't have a single free flight team, which is kind of a bummer. Mm -hmm. Um, and interestingly, a lot of people at that meet got to hear the national anthem of the United States because we swept the entire thing, except Are you for the serious. Yeah, the thing we didn't have a team in, we obviously didn't win. Um, That's but, the only the only event we didn't win was the freestyle. Yep, dude, that is awesome, Jairus. Yeah, it hasn't been like that for a while. In fact, when I first started going to the World Cups, I think 2011 was my first one. We were not only the only <laughs> we were the only VFS team that showed up, um, which was really a bummer because we it was our first time getting a 20 point average, which is kind of a milestone for a formation team, especially vertical. And, um, nobody else was there. And, uh, I, t I ended up taking, I I've been trying to push for years and years. I've been trying to push for at the world meet, only one team is allowed from each country, except in the, um, two way, two way free fly, I think, or maybe the artistic, I think it's two way free fly, but they were trying to encourage development. So they allowed for a second team to come from each, uh, knack, which is the national association or something like that. And, um, and so for that discipline, two teams were allowed to come and VFS remains so small, uh, six, seven, eight teams at most. And, uh, so I've been trying to argue for VFS to be allowed to have two teams and that has been an epic fail. Um, <laughs> not been allowed to do that. Uh, but when I first started proposing it, I was taking a lot of crap from several different countries, most notably France, um, that, Right now, the U.S. could have four teams in VFS at the World Cup, and nobody ever shows up. So the last two, uh, there's been a second team from the U.S., which so is the Skydive uh, Midwest Chemtrails. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's just nice that other teams are going. But, uh, yeah, we, we we swept that thing. That's awesome. That's um, cool. So yeah. why – I mean, why only one team? What What's the advantage – I'm well, like, why is that the, I mean, they're trying to, I, I think the intent was to try and have sort of an Olympic style meet where mm -hmm. the, whatever the team is, the best team wins 
the qualifier and shows up to the event and um and they go against the other best teams in the world um but uh, as a for instance when the golden knights the army team uh, had a vfs team they were for sure the second best team in the world and they were getting to the point where they were going to challenge us um and so when they went to a couple of indoor and outdoor meets they got second and that's kind of one of the reasons why i got pushback on having two us teams come to the world meet is because other teams said well if a second team comes from the us then that just pushes us further down the list um but when i go to a world level competition i want to win because i beat the best people in the world uh yeah. not because some of the best people in the world Weren't can't there. show up yeah um, which is honestly a little bit ironic right now because <clears throat> because of the conflict that's going on in ukraine mm -hmm. the russians are not allowed to come and i think that is a freaking travesty um but it's out not I'm not, I'm not the person making that decision, but those guys, uh, I mean, they have nothing to do with what's going on other yeah, wh than where wh they were born. Yeah. Can you, exp so I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a little confused. Ex explain yeah. it to me. I don't understand. Well, they were, uh, their licenses have been suspended by the FAI, the Federation Aero Aeronautique International or something like that. that yeah. And they have that we have to get licenses through them to compete at a world level event. And because of the conflict, the FAI suspended sporting licenses for athletes. For Russia. Yeah. And Belarus. Um, I mean, just, just more, I mean, what do you think? What's the thinking or what, what's the, why, why is that? Just well, to make a statement in a sense or what, what do you, I don't understand. I mean, I, I assume that it's meant to be a punishment for the leadership, but it's, it's <laughs> totally misdirected. Like, yeah. They don't even know. Right. He doesn't care. If, I mean, maybe so at the, sure. maybe at the Putin, Olympic level, Putin you know hears, that, Oh, our skydivers don't get to go to the world meet. Oh yeah. no. I'm so right? sure. Like he would even, like he would ever pay attention to that. And, and above and beyond that, like, you know, there's that old expression about are the sins of the father visited upon the son. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, the, I mean, we were, that's getting into a, a, a bigger philosophy maybe, but I want to be responsible for the things that I do. And, and I, I think other people would like that same consideration. And, and like, as a, for instance, I voted for um, Obama back when he was elected and he bombed Syria, which I didn't agree with at all. And I voted for the guy and I feel like my vote at least meant something. Uh, mm -hmm. And I have no power over that. I can protest safely, probably. Um, in the streets or in Washington, I could have, I could have protested. I could have, I could have done things to, uh, express my dissatisfaction with that decision, but the Russians, there's, there's no vote. Like Putin is a, a dictator. He it doesn't matter what the vote is. He wins. And if they protest in the street, they go to jail or they get killed and, and their whole life just disappears. And just, it, it's really a crazy idea. And, and one of the saddest things about it in my mind, and I guess I didn't mean to go to, on this political rant, but you did say we could talk about whatever. Well, hey, whatever um, means, do it. Is that the, especially in the wind tunnel, there's those guys, the Russian team, the, the primary team, they would, they would be kicking our ass right now. They're, they're a lot better than us in the tunnel. Hmm. Uh, and so well, you're saying VFS? These yeah, guys, the VFS team. They're we, really that good? They're so good. Um, and with the fact that, you know, we've only had Sam full-time on the team for three years and we've only had chip on the team for less than a year and they're good, they're good flyers, but, but those guys, the Russians have been together for four or five years mm. and they, that's their primary training tool is, is the wind tunnel. They're, they're not nearly as good in the sky, but imagine that, that you, you know, those guys, some of them have been jumping and, and training almost as long as I have, mm. and you've been second place to core your whole career. And at, at the point where you might and probably could take first and, and have a podium finish and take gold, you're not allowed to show up because it's something that's absolutely out of your control. Oh, Nothing to so do with you. frustrating. Yeah. Uh, Man. Do you, do you actually know those guys? Like, are you, do you have a relationship, friendship with them? Yeah. Yeah. Real well. Um, I coached them for years. Um, that's really, and, neat. Uh, that's really neat. 
still talking to one of the guys changed out um, a guy named Valer Valeri. Uh, he is just doing a free flight team now. And then the team captain is Max. Um, and there's a, the guy that flies my position. His name's Dimitri. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've talked to all of them. Valeri mm -hmm. was talking to me during the World Cup and how's it going and what, how's the competition and, you know. So they couldn't you know. even attend, right? I mean, they're not, a lot of countries won't even let them in, will they? Like they're not yeah, allowed to I come to America, are they? I don't, I don't difficult. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It was in uh, Norway and they're pretty friendly country but mm -hmm. I, I don't know what the rules are um but they weren't there you're you're saying they were just no. talking to you like over the phone or is it yeah FaceTime like what, or something what's texting happened? or something yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah really a bummer um, man that is yeah i i i had heard i made kind of a stink about it a couple of years ago when they suspended their licenses and i i went through our um our representatives for the u.s and said hey this is crap and uh kind of laid out the reasons why and got nowhere, um, mm -hmm. just fell on deaf ears. And then at this recent meet, I don't, I don't want to say who it was because it's such a contentious topic, but one of the representatives did approach me because I made a lot of noise about it in the past and said, hey, that it might be changing. Like the, at the FAI level, they realized like that was a stupid decision. Um, but I don't, I don't know if that's going to work out. Yeah. Well, it's, man, that's interesting. It's so, it's good to hear like, like these kind of things you know, to hear someone else's perspective or at least mm -hmm. someone's perspective, you know, cause I don't know that I would have thought through it like that in those ways, those terms and what you're saying. So it's good. Like, and that goes back to what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago about traveling and going to other countries and experiencing other cultures, like just taking the time to try to see things from other people's perspective can be really helpful, you know? <clears throat> yeah. And it, I mean, I, I know a lot of people share this belief. It's nothing revolutionary, but sport brings people together. And, mm. and the idea of suspending athletes, I mean, if those guys had all been caught using uh, testosterone or some other performance enhancing sure. uh, steroid or something, oh, okay. Like, I, I mean, I don't see that really in the skydiving community or I don't think that's mm -hmm. a thing, but, uh, but at least that would make sense. Um, yeah. But in, in the middle of a conflict, sport unites people, and and I feel mm. like there should be more of it and not less. Um, yeah. And and the fact that, you know, those guys that are just regular guys from Russia cannot. I mean, there was a there was a team from Ukraine, and I'm I'm sure the people who are Ukrainian they don't feel great about Russia right now. You know, it's it's war, and and the things that I've heard from I have a very good friend who. Uh, we met in Dubai who is from Ukraine, him and his wife still have family there. And the, the things that he came to the, the world record attempts for head down, uh, was that just last year? I think just last year. And he stayed with us. And, uh, there was a night that he and I stayed up talking and, and the things he had to say were horrible. It's mm. war and it, absolutely terrible, but, but the athletes are not committing those atrocities and, and putting those people in the same place gets them to remember that there were just people on both sides of that fight. And, um, and we are sometimes at the mercy of the decisions made by politicians who have guns. Um, yeah. 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 A lot of, <laughs> this is a big segue away from the uh, world cup, but, um, that made me think of today. Uh, actually today is my, so two different things, these things are connected, but my third son, today's his 16th birthday. Hmm. So we Scary. got up early, got up early this morning went to the DMV and he got his driver's license. He okay. passed his driving test. So good job, Tegan. On his birthday. On his birthday. Yeah. Excellent. But while we were sitting there waiting, we were talking and I don't know how this came up, but he said some, we started talking about Rome and like history. And he said, he said, yeah, dad, do you know how Rome fell? I was like, no. And so he mm. told me the story of how Rome fell and this, what you were just saying made me think of it. So there's all these barbarians, right. From wherever, like, I guess, Western Asia, China, and they ended up kind of moving into that Roman area. And so the Ro the Romans basically said, you can either be our slaves and fight for us, or we'll just kill you. And they said, well, we'll fight for you. That's easy. We'll just be your soldiers. So they started fighting for Rome, going to all these battles and all this stuff. So they they start showing up to these different battles to fight. 
And sometimes they'd, they'd go to these battles and they'd see on the other side, the people they're fighting is other barbarians. And they'd be like, Hey, that's my cousin. Hey, what's up, man? Mm-hmm. You know? And so they start talking like, uh, how many, how many, you know, soldiers do y'all have? And they're like, well, we only have a couple hundred soldiers. And then we have like 5,000 of us barbarians. And then the other guy's like, well, we only have like a hundred Romans and it's like 10,000 of us barbarians. And like, wait a minute, what are we doing? Why are we fighting for them? Let's just, let's just take them out and we'll all hang out together and we'll got this. And they're like, yeah, that sounds good. So that's basically kind of how Rome went down is all these barbarians basically said, why are we fighting each other? Family men, countrymen, like the same place for these other jokers. And uh, so they just pulled together, took the Romans out and like stopped fighting. (laughs) So maybe it just made me think of it when you said that, like fighting for things that you don't even know about it. And I don't, I don't mean to get, yeah, I don't want to get overly political or anti-war, anti-fighting or whatever. I'm not, I'm not trying to get into that at all, but it is weird when you start, when you really start thinking about that, about fighting and all that stuff. And like so much, and, and, and yeah, I don't want to get, maybe we should just stop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I absolutely appreciate, I mean, I, I'm so thankful for the freedoms that we have. I'm thankful for the people who have fought against atrocity. Like when there is true atrocity in the world and we have soldiers and military that can go out and protect people and fight and, and set people free. That's, that is amazing. That's so awesome. And I love it that our country does that. So I'm not trying to disparage that at all. Um, sorry. What were you going to say? Oh, I I was going to add something about sport that, do you remember the, during the civil rights movement, I think the 64 Olympics when two, uh, two black Americans won one of the running race yeah yeah with track field events and the Mm -hmm. australian came in third okay and uh the two of them the two black guys got up on the podium and they they kind of held their fists up in the air and bowed their heads and they went up i think they went up on the podium with bare feet to like symbolize the the shoes that were taken from from their people or how they were taken Mm. out of their country or Mm. i can't can't remember all the symbology that that went into Mm -hmm. it it was a very powerful image and it it um you know it it was right in the middle of the civil rights movement and it made it had a big impact back in america um sadly the uh the something bad happened to the australian guy he's a white guy who finished third and and like he was super ostracized about about that whole thing but but the the bigger idea i guess was just that 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 one image really galvanized a, a big part of the civil rights movement and again about sport bringing people together and um we're really getting into politics but that that brought to mind that that idea that we need more of it and not less um, yeah yeah and then definitely in the middle of a conflict dividing separating people from other people i mean uh, yeah, I, I could go on about this forever. I, I like reading about history, but, and then, and then actually when you, you were saying that the bar- barbarians got together, you know, during world war two, that there was the Christmas, Christmas day armistice, I think it was called when like mm-hmm. German and English troops got out of the trenches and went over to the other guys and shook hands and sat down and talked and shared a drink. And, and it was like the officers were trying to stop it. And they were just like, man, piss off. We're going to, we're just going to talk to our boys here for a little while. Um, and uh, just the same kind of idea. Like, what are we doing right now? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. I was over at your house, you know, six months ago and we had dinner and now mm. we're shooting at each other. Yeah. This is, yeah. You can go down some deep rabbit holes in this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I'm going to get back to the drop zone and skydiving stuff because uh, I want to, I wanted to say we, um, we, the, the meet was at Voss in Norway and mm. just outside of a little town called, um, or we flew into Bergen and then Voss is the town and then Skydive Voss is outside of Voss. Um, and to anybody who's not been to Norway, that was my first time. It was amazing. It was so great as a drop zone. Like we, we pulled in and there's this grass parking lot that was, it was raining as, as it always does. It's super muddy. And you walk through this like Hobbit village to get to the drop zone. There's like chairs hanging from the trees and there's, 
there's like tree houses everywhere and we're just dragging our skydiving rolly bags through the the spongy forest and we get up on the little deck and there's a, a sauna and a hot tub and a little workout area and then we're you know just kind of looking around like well we know we're in the right place but i haven't seen anything you know like an office yet and there's a climb we walk past a climbing wall and finally we get to the office it's right next to the kayaking shop if you want to go on the river it's right next door and uh <laughs> like this drop zone is what it, it reminded me a little bit of scott of chicago because there's a lot to do in addition to skydiving while you're there but it was man what a cool place uh yeah if you get a chance that's a good drop zone to go visit it sounds um, awesome yeah sounds very um, cool yeah and we had atrocious weather the whole time and somehow just we got all like of our rounds atrocious done. as in rainy yeah rainy cloudy they were the drop zone like manager and and uh meet director who was from norway were just absolute ninjas on getting us up in the air and like f looking at a camera that's looking at the fjord down the valley and if there's good weather there it's going to be the with us in a half an hour and you know, it's raining on the ground and they're making a 10 minute call. <laughs> what? Okay. And were um, they right and, most of the time? Yeah, they were right. And, and you know, we'd, we'd be climbing up through clouds and guys, I'm not jumped through a cloud. Like, this ain't working, man. Man, the, the landing area is not that big and it's mountains all around <laughs> and trees. And and then we'd get right over the top and, hey, I can see the drop zone. We're good. Let's what? let's go. Uh, it was it was great. That's um, cool. Yeah. That's super cool. Was it windy or not, not really? Uh, no, I, I didn't. I mean, there was wind every day, but I wouldn't have called it super windy, you know. Yeah, just a little breeze. Five, eight, ten miles an hour. Yeah, um, just what you want. Yeah. And uh, we had <clears throat> we had seven teams in VFS. Uh, the Norwegian team did uh, 600 jumps training last year. That was more than Core did. Um, so that was uh, – they were really charging hard because it was at their drop zone. And um, – in addition to the World Cup, it's also called the European Championships. So um, they crown every second year at the World Cup. They they say you are the European champion. So the, it, the award ceremony is kind of interesting. It's European Championship first. So Norway won that, and they went up on stage and got a gold medal. And uh, the Italian team finished second, and the UK team finished third. And then after all of those awards are given out, then they redo the awards for the World Cup. And... Um, yeah, all the American teams got to go up and stand on stage. That's cool. So what other non-European teams were there? For just, just for let's just talk about VFS for for now, I guess. Uh well there Scott Midwest Chem Trails uh from a drop zone Scott Midwest in Wisconsin. And um everybody else was European. Hmm. Australia didn't have a team? They do have a team, but one of their guys, um TGS Tim Goldsby Smith had a shoulder surgery and uh, it didn't go very well. And so I mm -hmm. think he had another shoulder surgery um, to repair what happened in the first one. And then he's out for, for quite a while. And he's, he's not my age, but kind of a little bit older guy, probably in his late thirties. And so healing up doesn't go as well as it used to. Um, yeah. No, no Canadian team or teams from South America, Mexico, anywhere like that. No, no. No, um, Canada had a team at one time, um, with, uh, three brothers, the LeMay brothers. I don't know if I talked about this in the past, but they, yeah, I think you mentioned them. They were super talented guys. I mean, they still are. They just aren't competing at VFS. Um, I did see one of the brothers when we were in Norway, he was staying at the same, uh, place we were, uh, Ben LeMay, who does, uh, he works for fly for life now. And, uh, Martin LeMay is one of the other brothers and he works for flight one. Uh, teaching military guys uh, canopy stuff and then their other brother's name was Vince and he is I believe an airline pilot now mm. uh, but at the 2016 world meet that was in Chicago they competed in FS and finished fourth and they competed in VFS and finished second which has never never been done other than them um, and I mean that's fourth in open at the world meet is crazy accomplishment on its own. And then to be able to also do second in VFS is insane. Um, but they moved on in life. So we had uh, US, <clears throat> two teams from the US, uh, Norway, Italy, UK, Netherlands, 
and uh, Sweden. So just the two teams from the U.S. weren't part of the mm. European Championship. And interestingly, you know, after the meet, uh, one of my favorite things is that there is like a jersey and a jacket exchange. And so, you know, I, I have a USA jersey that has my name on it. And somebody will say, hey, do you want to do a trade? Um, and I have some really cool jerseys. I, um, they're just over the, I mean, I have a couple from Russia and I've got one from Australia. And, um, I think I got an Italian guys last year, two years ago. And, uh, this year, Norway's team, they trained so hard and a week before the competition on their last training day, it was their last jump, but because they had a free fall collision and the camera flyer lost the team in the sun at breakoff and uh, somehow the levels changed right then and the camera flyer collided with one of the inside flyers as they were breaking off like legs both legs on his uh, right shoulder mm. and so it, his right shoulder's torn it's it's not working right and uh, the he's gonna camera have... guy tore his shoulder or the fl other guy no the inside but, flyer who... got hit by the legs of the camera flyer tore and his tore shoulder it. oh man and so he had like he we were doing high fives, but like I would tuck my elbow in and give him a fist bump because that's all he could do with his right arm. He was he was like a T-Rex with his right arm. He couldn't couldn't put it forward, which is very important in VFS. Um, Are you saying he competed? He competed all 10 rounds like that. And wow. they scored their highest average ever and they won the European Championship. And what? man, it like it How? was. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know um, what he tore, like a labrum or what was it, something on top? Or do you know? I don't even know if he, they haven't done an MRI yet, but I mean, for sure it's, it's messed oh up in there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and so at the, after the award ceremony, he asked me to trade and I almost got teary eyed. I'm like, yes, I'll trade with you. Like I should definitely be asking you cause you are a champ. Like I, wow. I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, he could have easily sat out the meet and, uh, he did all 10 rounds and, the highest points in a, in a meet they've ever had and won the European championship, like just a super inspiring effort. It was, it was cool. That's um, really neat, man. Yeah. Andre Bach cool. is that guy's name from, from Norway's team, blue Pelican. Wow. Very yeah. cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so is, VFS is always four way, right? I mean, there's no, there's no other, right. Okay. Yeah. Just four way. Um, the event that was, <clears throat> that's similar, um, but not the same as, um, MFS. And that's a, a two-way event with camera outside. Mm -hmm. Um, and it does have vertical points, but it also has belly and back points, um, which VFS does not have. Um, mm -hmm. and that's, it's not at the world level, which is, um, is, uh, from the cre creator of, uh, Creator was Andy Malchiotti. We've talked about this for sure, I, th I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, it's been a little bit of a frustration for him to not get it at the world level. Um, them saying, well, we don't, we needed more NACs to support it. And him saying it needs to be at the world level before the NACs are going to support it. And blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah. but yeah, VFS is always four-way. And weren't, weren't, because we were talking about MFS some other time and one of the things I think I thought I remember you saying was just how the challenge for the, especially for the camera guy to keep up with all the, all the speed changes, right? I yeah. mean, aren't you, you're constantly changing fall rate, right? I mean, that yeah, In pretty fact, significantly, I, I would imagine. Yeah, very significantly, like, you know, 40, 50 miles an hour potentially. And yeah. you have to film the vertical parts from your feet because of those transitions. So you have to be doing this massive carve because they don't stay on heading while you're head up, which is in itself really challenging, keeping them in the frame and then going head up to belly and then back to head up. It's, it's a really challenging, probably the most challenging camera yeah. flying you can, you can do. Have, have you ever done very much MFS? Uh, I've done a little bit of the inside flying and then I, uh, my teammate Sam and Chip uh, did a team a few years ago and I filmed for them. And it was hard. Yeah. It was a challenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I kept him in the frame. I think I don't, I don't think we ever lost him out of the frame, but, uh, I was working hard. It was, it was challenging flying for sure. But I bet it's fun. I mean, that challenge yeah. I bet is really enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at it like, okay, guys, 
bring it here we go uh because it's <laughs> like you got to be on your game for sure yeah 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 cool. so let's see that was the world meet or the world cup sorry and um uh, we i don't know if we want to keep talking about uh competition but um God, i love competition so i'll keep going uh u.s nationals is coming up next month and that's in uh rayford at uh the xp drop zone mm -hmm. and um i got asked by a couple of uh belly jumpers at scott of chicago chuck and sally finley who are super nice uh, couple um that are always doing belly stuff at chicago they asked me to do a, a tummy team with them uh so I changed my yeah. I changed my flight, and uh, I'm gonna stick around and do a belly team with them. Uh, so I don't think, you need one more though? I mean, don't you have to have four? Yeah, they had they had everything. They had they just oh, they needed, have another person. You're yeah, they, and a camera. They just needed one inside flyer. Gotcha. And they've asked me to do so many things in the past, and I always I I just never can. I never have the time. And uh, but this time I looked at the calendar and. And I didn't have anything until after their event was over. I had like five days free. So yeah. Doing a belly now team. on VFS, you don't, you don't wear booties on VFS, do you? <laughs> no. Right. Um, but on, yeah. but on belly on this one, the FS team, you, you will, won't you? I will. I'll have to borrow us. I, one of the guys I think from the Chicago team rhythm, uh, is going to give me a, like an old belly suit. Um, which is, it's going to be funny cause I don't wear booties very often. Yeah. I, my my first couple thousand jumps were competitive belly, but that's that was a while ago. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I it'll be a learning curve. Yeah. <laughs> I, I every every year uh, Doug from Rhythm has a, a hundred way event, and every year somebody's not there on time or somebody's not coming, and he's like, "Rusk, we need you to fill in again." And so usually they just stick me way on the outside, and I can wear a free fly suit, and nobody cares. Um, yeah. Did I tell you these stories? No, huh? Oh, uh, cause this is, I think this is a hilarious story. Um, so the, the first year that I did it, uh, it's a lot of the same people, you know, every year it's the same people. And the first year Doug asked me to fill in and, and I said, do I have to wear a booty suit or can I just wear a free fly suit? And he's like, yeah, but it's going to go pretty slow, but you, you can just wear a free fly cause nobody's talking on you. And so I took, uh, I took a suit from our old camera flyer, Johnny, he's a little bit bigger than me. And, uh, it was pretty baggy and I thought, well, I, I can't go low on the, with this suit. It'll, it'll be okay. And I show up to the dirt dive and I'm wearing my free fly suit and I just, you know, which just walking and I dock on the guy that he turns around and looks at me and gives me kind of a funny look and, and, uh, we get over to the loading area and I'm the third to last diver out of my otter and a couple <laughs> The belly guys come over to me and they're like, okay, here's what you need to be thinking about when we're taking the plane right up. And here's what you need to be looking at in the formation. And you're docking on this guy. Look, he's got a red helmet and a blue rig and he's got grippers that are yellow and you need to focus on that guy. And, and that's who you're docking on. And so they're kind of looking me up and down. I'm like, all right. Yep. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was there. I mean, I didn't, I just said, okay, yeah, I, I'm there for the dirt dive, you know, and I, I've been in a bunch of big ways. I, I'm not saying anything like I, I'm not a big belly, big way belly guy. So yeah. anyway, we, we're going to go out and there, I mean, they're telling me the whole plane ride up, they're telling me stuff and how to exit the plane, where I should be looking at. And, you know, if I flip over what, this is what I do and <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I, after a while, I'm just smiling. Like, you know, I, I, I don't know what else to do. I have no yeah. interest in giving these guys my bona fides, but like, it's getting excessive, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so I think that if belly flyers could, could backfly, the approach would be way easier. It's, it's hard to do in a booty suit, but you, if, because when you leave the plane and the, the formation is way behind you and below you. When you go out on your belly, you kind of scorpion, like your booties mm -hmm. catch all kind of wind and you scorpion sure. over and then you, you kind of settle down and okay, now I can dive. But you're trying to like look over your eyebrows as you go really steep. And if you're mm -hmm. on your back, you just lift your chin up a little bit and you can see the whole thing yeah. and it's a much better approach. Sure. So I, I didn't disagree with the guys when they were telling me what to do, but then when it was time to leave the plane, I did what I wanted to do, which was rolled over on my back and, and approached.
And so everything went okay. I like, I got to my slot and the guy in front of me docked, I docked on him. We built and blah, blah, blah. And so we go to the next dirt dive and those, those two guys and the guy that I docked on are now a three person group that want to talk to me. <laughs> the, the first guy, the guy that I docked on is like, man, you were there pretty quick. I said, okay. He's like, like I docked and then you docked him like right then. And in my mind, I was like, man, you took a long time to get there, yeah. but, but okay. <laughs> what was taking, what were you waiting and on? Then, and then one of the two guys who had been lecturing me that whole time, he was like, did you, did you leave on your back? Said, yeah. And the third guy's finally like, how many jumps do you have? It's <laughs> like, hmm. so now the funniest thing now is that some, like they, I guess they told this story to Doug, who's the organizer. And he was like, guys, uh, and so now every time I see him, it's hilarious. We all laugh. It was a great experience. And Hey Perry. And I, yeah, they're, that's so they're great. great I, group I of guys. It, but, that's so awesome. Um, it brings us a chuckle every time. That's um, so fun. I don't know how I got on that story. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So nationals, Chuck and Sally looking forward to that team. And then uh, hopefully that qualifies us for the world meet in Israel in 2024, mm. which I've never been to Israel. So I'm, I'm excited about that on multiple levels. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I've never been to Israel either. I've never, I've been to Asia, been to Europe, been to South America, Central America. I've never been to. We were close once. Never been we, to the Middle East. Yeah. We, we, I worked in the Middle East and, and, uh, there was a point where they wanted Jor the people from Jordan, the leadership from Jordan came and contacted Dubai and said, we would like to have a drop zone in Jordan. Um, and at the time I was the CEO for scouted Dubai. So myself and a couple of other people, uh, went to Jordan and, and scouted some sites. One of our, like our chief pilot Heath came and I think the drop zone manager for the Palm came Alan and, uh, we scouted sites and have you heard of a site called Petra? Have you ever heard of the Petra? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where the, like, like they, the, pl the place Petra. Yeah. 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 Man, whew, we got to go see that. And if, for anybody who doesn't know, you should look this place up, but it's like this series of, of, uh, basically deep cave, like steep wall ravines and then cave homes and, and, uh, icons that were carved into the rock and like, just this, a super crazy site. Yeah, Petra, I think that's where they filmed um that the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I think that's oh, where really? Petra I think that's where that was filmed. There there's been a few movies. You're talking about the one, it's all the sandstone and there's like amazing, like Yeah. Almost one of them almost looks it, like a temple or something. Like Yeah, that. and it was lost for mm -hmm. so long. And then yeah. some British guy, like, I know it's out there, I'm just gonna go look. And he found mm -hmm. it. Um so anyway, we, in Jordan, we got to go look at a bunch of sites, but they took us to the Dead Sea and we, we mm. actually were the first people to ever skydive at the Dead Sea. Um, and they took us to like, uh, two sites called Citadel and Jeresh, which were literally roads that lead to Rome and mm. these, these, uh, stone roads where you could see the ruts from all of the wagons that went through there yeah. carts we got to land at these spots I, I honestly almost hooked myself in um like i had such a low turn it was terrible uh well, what happened you gotta tell us what happened i just was i don't know i don't know i i just was lower just, than i meant to be i don't know if we took off from a different height than the landing area and they didn't tell us but um I thought I was good in my turn and when i rolled out i was like oh my god i'm in real trouble and just stabbed out and everybody laughed at me and Oh I man. I didn't hurt myself, but it was, it was, it was scary. Close. Yeah, it was, it was scary. Wow. Um, and then we got to swim in the dead sea, which was crazy. Uh, like the deepest anyone has ever been in the dead sea is just over six feet. Huh? You, you cannot go down. What? Six you, feet. You tr did you try to go down? Yeah, of course. You and can't you do can't? it. You cannot. Like when you, what do you when mean? you, what happens? You, I don't know. you can, you can balance yourself vertically in the water and you're, you're out to about, I don't know, like mid chest is, is bouncing out of the water. You can't make yourself go down. 
So when you try to, if you put your head underwater and you try to swim straight down, what happens? Nothing's happening. It's pushing you right back out. Like you're just trying to push a beach ball underwater or something like that? Like it's just, yes. the buoyancy just pushes the, you up. The buoyancy is insane. And so, you know, like we obviously can't drown because you just sit there and it pushes you out of the water. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was pretty cool. And they said, uh, the Jordanian said, well, you can, you can go over to Dubai, but there was a, <laughs> there was a, the secret police from Israel, the Mossad had, had done an assassination of a PLO person in Dubai, like the year before. And so tensions were a little bit high. Um, and so if you had, an, if you had an Israeli stamp in your Dubai or your passport, you couldn't come back to Dubai. So since we had jobs there that we'd liked, we just didn't risk it. Um, mm. But uh, even though I'm not a religious fellow, I have studied religion quite extensively and I'm really looking forward to those uh, ancient places over there where the, the Abrahamic religions all have a commonality and mm. really looking forward to doing some tourism after the meet. Yeah. Cool. The, uh, the preacher from my, the church where I go, he and his family just went to, <clears throat> went to Israel this summer and they went to Jerusalem. They went to the Dead Sea. They, they went to a bunch of different places and he, he just really, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. It's so cool. looking forward to the skydiving, but also yeah, looking forward to some history. So when y'all, when y'all jumped over the Dead Sea, where you just land on the beach or something? Yeah, well, there was a, a little like, um, I don't know, kind of black sand, if my memory is correct, black sand. Uh, I mean, you, we, if we, all we had to do is go to the other shore, or we potentially could have been in Israel, but um, mm. we just landed on the Jordan side where they set up a little landing area for us. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a really oh. cool trip. Yeah, yeah sounds um, awesome. But uh, I don't, of course, you know, Sharon, uh, she is going to be in Israel when that meet happens and uh and hopefully be chaperoning us around the country that's cool yeah that'll be fun it's gonna be great yep. yeah eat some good food yeah for sure yeah i mean i like a lot of americans i think that my my image of that place has been what's the right word shaped by media mm. and i in my mind, I see this place of violence and bombs dropping. And, and, uh, when we were in Norway, actually Sharon was there with Shannon and their daughter, Aria. And, um, and so they were, they were also staying where we were staying and, uh, we got to hang out with them a bit and they had just been in Israel for two months with their daughter and the, I don't think any, any violent things happened while they were there. And, I think that when it does happen, they consider it to be a very isolated area where there's any potential for that happening. Um, and otherwise they think of Israel as a beautiful country and very safe and blah, blah. Um, so that'll be another in, uh, interesting point of enlightenment to, mm. to see when I go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that'll be cool. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, I do have a skydiving question. All right. And it's pretty, it's a pretty generic broad question, but um, I have a friend who just got his A license. Um, what, what do you think are some of the most important things that if you, when, when you have an opportunity to, to talk to brand like newly licensed, um, fresh off of student status, what, what are things that you typically like to share with people? Do, do you have, are there things that you, well, I mean, a couple of things come to mind that I would, I would like them to think about, I guess. Um, I mean, an A license grants you the ability to jump with other jumpers, right? So, um, you have 25 jumps and you've, you've done your A license proficiency card. And so now you're checked off to go jump with other jumpers. Um, and that that, that can be really good. And of course it's really fun. And as soon as, I mean, I didn't even wait for my A license, to be honest, I'm not 
coaching anybody to do that. But my buddy and I went through AFF together and on jump, I think I graduated in six jumps out of, it was supposed to be seven. And then he finished a seventh. And then on number eight, we went together. Um, and we weren't supposed to, but nobody was really looking at us. And we were just the first two people out of the plane. We're like, well, here we go. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, most drop zones are a little bit more, uh, have a little bit more oversight than where I was jumping. But, um, but now that you can jump with other people that I think that there's some things that, that could definitely be focused on. And the first one I would say is tracking. And, um, so if you have the opportunity or the, um, I guess the motivation would be to go tracking and get someone to, to start either a friend that has more jumps than you somewhat dubious as a source of information, but hopefully decent or, um, or get in with a coach or, or sign up for a tracking camp or, or something like that. Just because of course, as you jump with other people, you need to get away from those people. And, and like anything else in skydiving, that's a skill that needs to be learned. Uh, mm. So that would be a good place to start. Even as excited as people are about doing whatever in free fall, I would strongly suggest doing some full altitude tracking jumps to start and start learning some of the fundamentals of movement. Yeah. And then of course, a big one would be sign up for a canopy class, mm. take a weekend of canopy coaching. And, um, I mean the most AFF programs are, I don't know, seven, seven to 10 jumps. Mine was seven. And as I think back to that, that's okay. Seven jumps. That's the, the extent of the teaching that I got and okay, go off on your own. And at, at Scott of Chicago, it's, it's, uh, the, the program is called AFP. And that one I think is, is through your A license, you're with a coach. Um, and, you know, jumping with them the whole time and there's objectives and skill set stuff and canopy stuff. And so you, it's a much more, uh, thorough approach to the things that you're going to need, but still that's, it's 25 jumps. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I know that at some point we got to kick people out of the nest, but, um, a, a regular AFF program of seven jumps seems like we could yeah. maybe do more. Um, yeah, I like the way some <clears throat> drops into it. space, space land does it some, something like, I'm probably not going to get it exactly right. But like when I got my, I did the A license in a week and this was, I mean, granted it was, you know, 12 years ago or however long ago, 10 years ago, but um, I felt, it seemed like I had an instructor with me the entire time. Like, I know that it wasn't all 25 jumps because I do remember at some point it was kind of like they said, okay, now you have to jump by yourself, you know, <laughs> but I want to say at least through 18, jump mm -hmm. number 18, I thought I had an instructor with me all the way up through 18. And I, even though I had, and I didn't have to repeat any, any, not like I made mistakes or did something wrong. It was just they had someone with me. And then at 18, I think that was when I did hop and pop. So of course my instructor went with me and filmed my exit, but didn't jump with me, you know? Sure. And then, and then I think 19 through 25 is like, okay, you have to jump by yourself on these, something like that. But, um, I liked that. I, I liked feeling like I had an instructor with me and watching over me every jump all the way up to 25, you know? Yeah. I think that, probably for most drop zones and, and maybe for the people as well, it gets to be kind of a cost benefit mm. formula of, you know, your $200 AFF jump gear rental, the cost of the coach and, and the lift ticket and all that. Um, those are, those are expensive. Um, yeah. and, and then, you know, for me, I think when I, when I first started, I could get a lift ticket for $21. Um, mm. $20, something like that. And so that, man, that sounds great. Let me, I'll pay 20 bucks and go skydive on my own. And it, it, that it, it's all great until it's not. Um, and you know, if, uh, if you, I don't know how much your program was, but if you can trim that $200 a little bit to, I guess nowadays it would be your lift ticket, the coach's lift ticket. So that's probably 70 bucks, a gear rental for the day probably works out to 10 or $12 a jump. So you're $82 and then a coaching fee of whatever, 30 or 40 bucks is still 120 is better than 200. Mm -hmm. uh, but that it just seems so much better than sending people off with six or seven jumps. Um, yeah. 
because if something if something does go wrong, then $120 is not too bad compared to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I'd be curious to see what they're doing at, at Spaceland because that sounds a lot like the AFP program at Scottish Chicago. And maybe that's, I, I don't know what they call it. I thought, it seems like I just hear them saying AFF or AFP. No, STP. No, what's STP? That's Student different. training program. Yeah. I don't know. But, um, I liked that. It, it felt, it felt really a, official, you know, and it felt very directed and guided. And I mean, I, I also like a little bit of freedom and, and flexibility, but I think that comes down to like the personality of the instructor helping you feel like you can learn your own style and experiment and, and uh, kind of try out some stuff. <clears throat> it doesn't have to be like dangerous, you know? Did you have tracking in that? Do you remember? Yeah, a little bit, really not very much. Um, I do remember one, one of the jumps where I did not do well. And when we got on the ground, my instructor was like actually mad at me. Like that was the only time he got mad at me was <laughs> we did the jump and he's like, okay, when we get to whatever altitude, I don't know what it was, you know, he said, we're going to break away and you're going to track for, I think he said he wanted me to track for five seconds and then stop and pull. Well, I tracked, like when you go back and watch the video, I tracked for like 13 seconds huh. and I went, not that I went so far away from him. That's what he didn't, obviously he didn't care about that. It was just that I did it for so long and I got so low before I finally pitched. When we got on the ground, he was like actually mad at me <laughs> and uh, yeah. I was really kind of, I mean, he did it in a very good way. It, it worked. It, he wasn't mean or, or rude, but he just was like that is not okay. You, that is dangerous. Like here, watch the video. Let's count the seconds. Let's watch on the clock. Like he made a point to teach me like, look, man. Cause he asked me first, he's like, okay, how long did you track? And I said, I think I, you told me to track for like five or six seconds. So that's what I did. It was like five seconds. He's like, no wrong. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. But thinking about that now, don't you think that he was probably right to get mad? Like you really got to impress oh, on yeah. somebody that, Hey, that's, you can't do that. Um, no, absolutely. Yeah. No, he definitely did the right. I mean, it, because it, look, I mean, I'm still, I still remember it. It, it, yeah. it landed. He did what he was supposed to do. He wasn't mean, but he, he got onto me and that's, yeah. that was his job. That was his yeah. responsibility was to not let me get away with that crap. Yeah. Sometimes you got to make that point, but I yeah. mean, yeah. Have you ever had a Cypress fire? No. No, no I haven't either. Uh, yeah, that's an, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. We probably talked about that a few episodes ago, but I couldn't remember. Um, yeah. So I did just want to point out, I, I hope this is okay. That, um, that for anybody who's listening, that we do finally have Justin on, I think next week, he said he's good for the next week and he's a PhD in education systems, um, university professor. And we are hopefully going to talk about the efficacy of um, video presentations when the video shows people doing things badly. And I think I, I, I'm pretty sure I, I'm going to show the video on the show that got this conversation going between me and him and another, um, the belly flyer, Steve Lefkowitz that used to be on rhythm. Then uh, it was an angle fly jump that went wrong. And, um, in my opinion, it's a very valuable video uh, because it shows so many things wrong and the guy didn't die. Um, and so if he had died, then I don't want to show that video. Um, mm. But but the fact that he lived and is made a full recovery and was able to give me permission to use the video for educational stuff, then I, f I feel pretty good about showing it. But Justin feels that may not be very efficacious. So, um, <laughs> not helpful, not helpful, but then I collected, I, so I've shared this story so many times with, with a lot of different people and two people had feedback for me. Not surprisingly, one is Sharon who, who has a copy of the video and has shown it in her leadership courses. And then Andy Malchioti, who's also going to be a guest in the next couple of weeks, um, both of whom felt that 
to dismiss to dismiss the learning opportunities from something like that is is potentially a mistake and for if if not for i don't even want to say it i'm gonna say it on the show but uh but anyway that's where you can tell already i've wound up about this show um it's gonna be a good one but justin is great he's a super mellow guy and uh very very um smart educated knowledgeable guy and uh and he'll uh probably tell me i'm wrong <laughs> well hey ask him if he has anything that we can we can read or look over before the show that would be helpful for us to uh, yeah. kind of yeah. learn more i mean not that i have tons and tons of time to do it but i i would i would try to get to it if it's something that that would help with the conversation give us some more information like a study or an abstract or something i mean if there, if there's something that he would suggest for us to to read and look over yeah he said to me not to give away too many spoilers but he did say to me that there's been a lot of studies related to this um hmm. But I will, I will send him that message. Yeah. Uh, Do you remember like when we were, I say when we were little, cause I think we're the same age. Um, we're not the same age. We're not that far off, man. Okay. We're not. All right. Did you like, I remember like in, in elementary school, like the firefighters and the police officers come in and showing us all these like crazy videos of car crashes and everything and saying, wear your seatbelt and like, Dude, mm -hmm. that convinced me, like, I don't know if maybe that's not the same thing. Maybe that's completely different, but we're all wearing our seatbelts now. No, that's exactly the thing. But the, man, I, I, I'm going to speak out of, con like, I, this is not my area of expertise. So I, I, I know what they've, that's what Justin said to me in the past, but I don't, I don't even want to try and relate it. Number one, because I don't want to take away from the show, but. The other thing is I, I don't want to speak out of turn because it's, it's not my area of expertise. So I, I think that's a great point to bring up when we're talking to him. Yeah. Okay. We need, um, we need to remember to ask him because he may say, well, that's totally different. That's not the same type of thing. And he may explain to us why that's a different, different thing. Yeah. But I feel like in our conversations, mine and his, he brought up exactly that kind of thing as mm. the, the benefits being somewhat fleeting, but it's, mm. it's really interesting that obviously you remember that, um, from so long ago because we're the yeah, same dude. age <laughs> i can remember sitting in the in the auditorium at tybee elementary and like seeing these videos and pictures like oh my gosh okay i'll wear my <laughs> yeah like, i don't know if i saw any of those videos but like i won't cross the parking lot without putting my seatbelt on and uh and like i had motorcycles for years and i did not go on the road without a helmet, a helmet. and riding gear uh yeah and I don't know, but I don't know if it's from watching those videos. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. It's, it's interesting to, you know, to try to parse out where did that come from? Like what made you, because I think, I, I think back to that video, but maybe it was my parents getting onto me or, you know, maybe it was a combination of that and police giving out tons of tickets for no seat belts or who knows, I don't know. In the billions of experiences that you've had trying to figure out which one made you choose one way or the other is pretty difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And if anybody wants to talk about that later, I read a book about that when I oh, such a good subject. Uh, what yeah. was it? Uh, it was called behave by a uh, behavioral psychologist, uh, Robert Sapolsky. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a really good book. My teammate, Sam recommended it. And uh, it started out like the first 20, 20 or 25% of the book was like a graduate level course in the brain and neurotransmitters and areas of connectivity and um and then it's and then it's about how you are why why you are who you are mm -hmm. and um and the insanity of of placing judgment on another human when their experiences are so wildly different from yours and that those are the things that make us make the choices that we make um or bring us to those choices. And like, so the idea of say, if I got elected as a judge, a 52 year old white male passing judgment on a 20 year old Hispanic guy who held up a convenience store, I have no idea what his life has been like. And it's been nowhere near what mine has been like. And there's no, there's no realistic way for one human to judge 
those situations of another human. It, it was, it, I mean, it, and then it got into like the idea of free will and, and um, how, how we make decisions. But it's a fascinating book. It's really, really good. Um, mm. Sticks with me all the time. It comes up all the time. I bring it up all the time. It's a great mm -hmm. book. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, so Justin's going to be on our show. <clears throat> and then we're going to try and have Jack Lane, who, uh, you know, Jack. Um, and these, I'm just letting you know, as, as we let our guests know, people that are coming up, um, Shannon Pilcher agreed to be on the show. Sharon's husband. All right. Um, nice. That's awesome. We were hanging out and, uh, Shannon's one of the founders <clears throat> of flight one Yeah, and, um, an incredibly accomplished canopy pilot and a four-way belly competitor and been in the sport for a super long time. Uh, just a great, great presence in the sport. Uh, okay, I got I got to tell a Shannon story. I don't have okay. I don't have very. This is like the only Shannon story I have. But it's <laughs> we were filming. Uh, I can't remember which course we were filming for Crave, and we were filming it in Florida, and it was at the end of the week, and we needed to do like one or two more. Scene. We needed to film like one or two more things, and so Sharon was like, "Oh, well, we can just film it at my house. Let's just go to my house. They have a really cool." living room and the pool is out like it's just a really cool space lots of natural light and it's just a great space so like awesome okay thank you Sharon. so we go over there and we're filming and um i'm sitting there i think i was on camera with somebody else talking to the camera and everybody starts giggling and i look behind me and there on the sliding glass door behind me there is shannon's butt just pressed up against <laughs> just pressed <laughs> right up against the glass just uh this is awesome Camera's rolling. That's the B-roll. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't in frame. Wherever uh, he was, it wasn't on, it wasn't where the camera could see him, but it was where everybody else could see him. And so of course we all thought it was pretty awesome. That's great. That is yeah. a great dude. Um, let's see who else I have asked our, uh, my team's camera flyer, Nicole Senecal to join us on mm. a show. She's a wild woman, um, on a absolute charging rampage to be one of the best women in the sport. Um, I would like to have Swati Varshni come on our show. She is one of the three women who are part of the, um, I'm going to mess this up. It's, um, it's a project to put a ethnic minority female into space. Um, let me just, uh, what is this program called? Uh, so Swati and Eliana Rodriguez, who you probably have heard of, um, and one other woman who, uh, the project is called Hera rising. Mm. And, um, I don't know all of the, all of the details. Hold on. I'm, I'm clicking a link. Um, and I want to be able to say the other woman's name, um, by 2025, Hero Rising Initiative aims to send a woman high into Earth's atmosphere uh, and vault from a balloon gondola in the stratosphere and break world records along the way. Uh, three highly experienced skydivers, Eliana Rodriguez, who has ancestry in Colombia, Diana Valerian Jimenez, ancestry in Costa Rica, and Swapti Varshni, ancestry in India. One of them will make the jump and two of them will be support on the ground. So I know Eliana quite well and Swati quite well, and I don't know the other woman at all. Um, but I, Swati agreed to come on the show. Um, she is a PhD in theoretical physics, I believe. Um, and uh, her, I don't know how much she can talk about uh, what she has done for work in the past, but it is interesting uh, stuff if we're able to talk about it. And I feel like there's one more person just kind of, uh, giving spoilers on who we're going to have on the show. Um, but I'm, I'm drawing a blank at the moment, but anyway, the next few weeks, we've got some really good people that are going to be joining us. Yeah, dude, that, that sounds awesome. That sounds yeah. like a really, really good lineup. Um, I, I met a lady the other day, not, not a skydiver, but she made me think of Inca because, um, <laughs> this lady, she does a lot of, um, it, I'm going to say physical therapy. That's not really what it is. I don't know what to call it, but a lot of, with fascia. Okay. And, and so the, <clears throat> I went to see her because I've been having issues with my lower back and my shoulder 
And my wife had gone to her and really liked her. She was really helped my wife a lot. So I went to her and she's just a really neat lady. Um, but the way that she was talking about fascia and scar tissue and fascia release and all, all this stuff, it just, it reminded me of a lot of the stuff that Inca said in the, mm. our Crave course, the, the body work for flyers. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch any of that course, but man, she's got a lot of really good exercises and stretches and strength, you know, mobility and strengthening and mm. stuff. But I w it made me think like, man, I wonder if we could get this lady, her name's Lori and Inca on at the same, like they would love each other. Just, just uh -huh. sit and listen to them talk. They would probably just uh -huh. like share all this really cool stuff. Like just the two of them talking, we can just sit there and listen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it's an open podcast, right? We, you can, you can do what you want, man. Yeah. 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 Awesome, man. Well, I'm glad you guys had a good time in Norway. Yeah. You got your, uh, where, where are you right now? I'm in Arizona. Um, oh, okay. I, I actually had to leave Norway. Uh, the award ceremony wasn't even quite over. I got a request to work on a private military contract. And when they, okay. when those kind of requests come in, I work pretty hard to say yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I, I won't that. ask questions. I won't ask questions I, about I it. I can't say anything else. Yeah. So that's it. <laughs> no, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad you guys had a good trip. Got some medals. Yeah. Did, did America yeah. proud. Good job. Thanks, we man. Tried. Yeah. You represented. Love it. And, and not just representing to do well at the sport, but representing with a nice, good attitude and kindness and mm. compassion towards all the other, all the other competitors, I'm sure. Cause I, I, I know you well enough to know that you were like, you were a good representative in that way too. And that, that means a lot. That's cool. Thanks. I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. All right. Well, man, it's, that was an hour and six minutes. Yeah. You, you but did I, we got to come up with something else because it's not wasting an hour. I mean, you <laughs> might just be listening to us chat, but most of the time we have somebody, you know, pretty smart on the show and then, then it's a very educational hour. Yeah, that that's true. This week, maybe it was a waste. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> it's just fun to say you've done it again. Yeah. You wasted a you perfectly wasted good hour, hour listening yeah. to Jay Rez and Chris. Yeah. yeah. It's just fun to say. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, it's it's good. Thanks, Jay Russ, and um, I look forward to to next week. And and again, I'm I'm just going to say it: if people are still listening, please share share your comments or questions or topics for discussion. If you have people that you would like to suggest for us to have on the show, we'd we'd love to hear it. Um, especially the comments, questions, things like that. Man, we 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 really just want to try to to uh, be a benefit to the skydiving community. Um, and we don't want to get on and just ramble about nothing. So if we have stuff that we know we can help people and talk about and dig into that's fun for us so let us know man we want to hear from y'all for sure all right cool. uh thanks jay russ we'll see you guys yeah. in the sky crave do more be better see you guys <laughs>